Hey friends, welcome back to the Sunning 65 podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Schultz, and today I am joined by my pastor and friend, Andrew Rutten, and we are talking all about Lent. What is it? Is it important? Should I participate in it? I left this conversation encouraged and stirred up, and I'm praying it'll be the same for you. Hello! Today, I am joined by my friend and pastor, Andrew Rutten. Hello, A-Rutt. Hey, Maddie. You, I think, already are, but continue to be the most invited back um, guest on the podcast. How does it feel? It's it's an honor. Although, I feel like it's only been a few times, but you don't usually have repeated guests. I think you're just, you're always, you're willing and you're who I comfortably feel you're who I feel comfortable to say last second, hey, to do it. can you, no, no, no. I mean, that's not, that's not to do me. Right? No, <laughs> I'm just always free. I'm just no, waiting no, to be no. on this podcast. No, I meant, I literally just no. cancel meetings if I get the opportunity <laughs> okay. to be on. Okay. That's not what I meant. Cause also as if you've listened to any of my other ones with A-Rut, um, he is brilliant and wise and all things. So he's also typically my my first choice to want to talk to these about these things with. So that's not what I meant. Well, we've also had a few that we talked about doing. They got canceled. So it could have been even more. I know. Those are coming up. We got some fun <laughs> ones planned and we'll we'll see. Alas, grateful to have Era on the podcast always. If you haven't, go back and listen to my conversations with him. He's had a huge impact on my walk with the Lord. And I'm so excited to be joined by him today. We are talking about Lent. Lent is coming up. We are a week away from Ash Wednesday. Uh, so yeah, we thought that this would be a helpful, God willing, conversation to have. And yeah, we're just going to dive right into it. So Aira, what is Lent? Lent is a season in the church calendar. So I don't know, this is kind of a newer concept to me the last couple of years, but historically, the Christian church has had a whole like yearly calendar that I mean, it essentially goes along with our calendar, but just the certain seasons. So you know how we have in our calendar, fall and summer and winter and spring, we have all these different seasons and they kind of mean different things. We do some different things in the summer than we do in the winter for us in Omaha. That also includes the weather, the feel, kind of the culture of what we do is different in those seasons. Mm -hmm. Things we get excited about are different. Things we focus on are different. Well, so too, the church has a calendar and it's based on the life of Christ and our life with him, if that makes sense. So it actually begins, uh, our year ends in December, but the church calendar begins in December with the season of Advent because we anticipate the coming of Jesus and what that means for us. And then uh, we get into, after that, this season of Lent is another big one that I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know your listeners. I don't know how Mm -hmm. many people, if you have experience in like more traditional churches or the Roman Catholic Church, I'm sure maybe people have heard of Lent. But it's a season that is 40 days leading up to Easter. And it's uh, kind of built off of the idea of fasting, reflection, repentance. And it's basically getting our heart in a place to celebrate Easter weekend, which is, you know, the pinnacle parts are Good Friday, where we look at the death of Jesus, and then Easter Sunday where we observe his resurrection. I feel like until today, I hadn't thought about it in, until you said this and said this earlier, I hadn't thought about it in correlation to Advent and preparing our hearts for Christ's coming and then Lent preparing our hearts for his death and resurrection. I feel like that's, that's really helpful because instead of just like, oh, it's another thing we do on the church calendar, no, we're actually preparing our hearts so that in a similar way, 
like we've I, we've talked about on the podcast before, not just showing up on Christmas Day. Like, gosh, I kind of yeah. I missed it, and and we're celebrating Jesus's death, and I feel like I missed the season in the same way. We won't just show up on Easter morning trying to muster up this excitement. We'll be having been preparing our hearts for mm. celebrating his resurrection. Yeah, which is the goal. Like, I yeah. think the seasons can, for some people, feel odd or ritualistic maybe or unhelpful or too rigid or, or whatever, which to be honest, so I grew up, uh, my dad was Catholic and my mom was Lutheran. So pretty like traditional church backgrounds. And I didn't really know the gospel or the Lord at all. And so that would have been for most of my life, how I viewed certain seasons or especially Lent. Cause mm-hmm. I remember doing some things maybe for Advent, but not really. I mostly remember doing stuff for Lent, which meant like my thought was that you're supposed to be sad and you're supposed to give something up. Mm. And that's kind of all I viewed Lent as. And then you got to quit after Easter. And that was Mm. basically my whole perception of it, which I think there's a beauty into what you were saying of preparing your heart for this celebration, which again, most Christians probably think of even non-Christians sometimes will go to church on Christmas and Easter. Maybe you pray before those meals or do a family thing. But those really are the two pinnacle like holidays for Christians. And so we have these two main seasons that try to help your heart make those holidays, not just like you said, a, you kind of pass through them Mm -hmm. or, you know, a couple days before Christmas, you quickly think about how we're going to do church and a family meal and open presents and you get it all organized, but you get to spend weeks leading up to that to make that day and celebration even more rich and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Two of the most important days in human history. If for the Christian, do you think Lent is important? And what is your personal experience with Lent been? So growing up, uh, I mostly did, you know, fasting. So Catholics fast, uh, and on Fridays they don't eat meat. And so I grew up going to fish fries and all that stuff, uh, where they only eat fish on Fridays. And so did that a little bit, did not really understand it. I just knew that was something that my dad like helped out with at his church. And so my mom and I went and yeah, were there. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, my parents would talk to me about like, oh, do you want to give something up for Lent? And so usually it was like something that probably would benefit me anyway. So, you know, I think that's kind of sometimes we think, well, I should stop eating sugar or I shouldn't drink alcohol as much or I shouldn't do this. And so Mm -hmm. I'll give it up right now. And a lot of times, honestly, it's, you know, I've thought about it before. It's just like, this is a time to like get a little bit healthier by not eating junk food for whatever, not eating chocolate or something. And so Honestly, until the last couple months, that's probably been my baseline framework is just you're supposed to give something up and I didn't ever really connect it with why or even what you said of making Easter better. I never really put that stuff like or I never connected those two things until maybe the last couple years. For most of my life, even as a Christian, when I became a Christian 12 years ago, it was still mostly if I observed Lent, which I didn't right away because I was kind of in this rebellion from traditional church. That was my experience. I didn't like it. I became a Christian. I said, we don't need any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be forced to fast or to go to church certain times or anything like that. And so I kind of gave it up. Then I think some people started talking more about Lent or fasting. So I started it again, but probably with bad motives. Mm -hmm. And so it's only been recent that I feel like I've actually connected the beauty of it. What about you? Did you grow up observing Lent? I don't think so. 
I don't remember. I feel like the earliest I remember is maybe maybe high school or college. I also have a terrible memory. So that's like the earliest I can remember anything. And probably similar to you, it really, when you said earlier that the earlier days in your life, you'd fast and you were just excited to then quit the fast on Easter. So it was yeah. less about, whoa, Jesus, is, Jesus died and then he resurrected. And it was more so like, yay, I get to be back on Facebook now yeah. or quit the fast, which honestly... I think hit my heart a little bit even just now and today, yeah. like when I fast from things and I feel like I was convicted just then when you said that of like, okay, am I just so looking forward to this being over or am I recognizing that I'm actually longing for this earthly thing back, which I think is the point. And, and I'm not longing for Christ to fill that space, but I'm getting so excited. Oh, yeah. even in past when I've fasted, you know, coffee or social media and by God's grace different times I've have felt different things but I can I can remember different ones like even coffee oh yes on Monday I get to pretty much go back to my normal yeah. you know which just isn't the point yeah okay so you want to hear something crazy yes that I've literally never put together until I've been reading this book just kind of get my own heart ready for Lent and the book is called the good of giving up and it's really good. It's pretty easy to read. Um, and it is, it just goes through why yeah. we do Lent and some practical ways to actually practice it. Do you know who wrote it? Yeah. The author, I think this is how you say his name. It's Aaron Damiani. Uh, or you could just okay. look up The Good of Giving Up. Okay. Um, but he was, so part of the book is he tells some stories of people that have started practicing Lent, which is just super helpful to hear from. And there was one person that talked about fasting and basically that idea of this, you know, I should give these things up because I should want the Lord more than I want uh, these things mm -hmm. of the world or whatever. And they noticed that that feeling was happening a lot where it was just like, I'm just longing for this thing again. So the Monday yeah. after Easter, I get to do this thing again yeah. and I just want that. And in kind of a unique way, they basically said in some ways that's okay, hmm. but if th this is the motivation. They said, the reason we celebrate Lent and then Easter is to know, yes, we are supposed to deny ourselves the things of the world, but the celebration of Easter is that in Christ's resurrection, he's making all things new and he's hmm. freeing us from slavery to these things, but also we are looking forward to the day in the final resurrection when all things are new, where all these things that we get like a taste of. So whatever, you know, if it's coffee or it's, yeah. sugar or social media or whatever, the good of any of that is going to be renewed, redeemed, and we'll live into the fullness of that. So social mm -hmm. media can have some good elements and it's tainted with a lot of bad things. You know, like yeah. good food can be great in some ways. Like it's it's mm -hmm. a good thing that God has given us good tasting food, things that you, know, you just have a really good meal. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And forsaking that can show our hearts that we long yeah. for Christ more, that we aren't enslaved to the things of the world. But in the resurrection, all those things are going to be even greater, and it's not going to be marred by the really bad amounts of sugar and that stuff that's not good for your body. It's mm -hmm. just going to be the fullness of the good of food. And yeah. so uh, they were saying basically that that's also good for your heart to see, like in the celebration of Easter, 
we also get to look forward to the day when all those things really are ours finally mm. and fully, and we get to enjoy those things yeah. in the presence of God forever. And so that desire, they said, it can actually be good. Now, what you are saying is the, I just want this thing, and I'm kind mm-hmm. of removing it from that vision of the goodness of it is found in Christ and in our longing for him making all things new and better. And if it's just, I just want to get back on social media, or I just want to drink coffee again, then you do kind of miss the point. But it was helpful for me to see that, again, the fasting is only for a season. Like this Mm. is, that ends too. And one day we're going to be with Christ finally and fully forever. And we won't have to fast anymore Mm. because our hearts are going to be fully satisfied in him. And so Jesus says uh, that his disciples, if you remember the story where I think it was the Pharisees ask him, hey, why aren't your disciples fasting like all these other disciples are? And he says, my disciples don't have to fast because I'm here. But when the bridegroom goes away, then they will fast. But one day the resurrection means he's coming back for us and we'll be in his presence again. And so we no longer have to fast and get our hearts to desire him more because they will be fully satisfied in him forever. That's really helpful. The fasting is only for a season. And everything you said, I feel like is freeing too. And it's so hard to find like the the line and the balance. And I, and I have to trust that God's going to give me wisdom and you wisdom yeah. separately. But like, as you know, as my friend, I tend towards rigidness and like so black and whiteness. And I think it's hard for me. I think of the scripture. Is this all one verse? Maybe I'm morphing two verses together, but the one that's like, um, everything is admissible. Not everything is beneficial. Like basically like everything is, uh, let me just look it up. Yeah. Let's see. First Corinthians 10, um, 23. I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should, should seek their own good, but the good of others. And then I don't know. Um, yeah. I, then there's another verse that basically says, I will let nothing master me. I can't, I don't, I think it must be in a different spot because it's not here. Um, it basically says nothing will m- be my master. Nothing yeah. will master me. I think even with Lent, I, I don't know, maybe you can speak into this, but I even was thinking, you know, the times that I did fast something and by God's grace, I wasn't just like itching to get back onto them or eat it again or drink it again. It was the times when I like had a longer fast from it because I actually probably was like addicted to it. Mm-hmm. And 40 days simply probably was not enough to break the social media addiction. Yeah. And so I even think back like last year. Yeah, was that last year? I did a 10 month social media fast and I it actually ended up being 11 because I wasn't itching to get back on it. By God's grace, I was feeling like free from that idol and was genuinely excited after I felt like the like 11th month, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually excited and I'm feeling the freedom to hop back on, God willing, in a healthier state. Now, again, we I wrestle with that every other month, but I don't even know, I don't even really know the question I'm trying to ask, but when fasting, and we are going to do an episode on fasting, so TBT to that, maybe we'll still, this kind of end up, end up being that. But yeah, I don't know. Do you have any encouragement or wisdom on how do I, how do I know? And I guess asking God for wisdom, like you always encourage us from James one to do, but 
yeah, like, yes, fasting is only for a season, season, but I don't want to be mastered by anything. So I don't want fasting. I want to feel the freedom to be free in Christ, to enjoy the things, but how, how can we discern if I'm actually being mastered by it? So maybe I need to give it up for a longer period or for an indefinite period. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think for sure there are some things that we should just not do, like just partake in. And again, you might be free to do that because it's not inherently sinful, but it may just be unwise for you to ever do something. And I think that's true of all people, which again, I would say is a little bit different than the fasting that happens like during Lent, because I do think there's some things that you should just never do. And especially if you are actually like addicted to something. So Mm -hmm. we've dealt with different cases at Providence of people who are addicted to alcohol. And that's something where, you know, when they find freedom, if there was a certain situation where people around them to just have one drink and people wouldn't let them drink anymore, could they do that? Well, maybe, but is that wise at all? Mm -hmm. No, that's not going to be wise. And you should abstain from that. Even though in Christ, that's not going to mean you're no longer a Christian if you drink that, Uh, but it's going to be really unwise for you and cause damage to yourself or to others. And so you should abstain from that. Same thing, I think, with anything. Um, I would go so far to say, you know, social media is another big one. Mm -hmm. I think, honestly, there's certain foods even that we can be prone to going to for comfort. And Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think this probably is getting into the weeds of what you're asking. But even certain foods, I think it's not wrong to say. I know that my soul and emotional state, I long for this thing, this sugar or whatever. And it's drawing my heart. It's, it sounds maybe rigid or whatever, but it's drawing my heart away from Christ. And it's yeah. unwise for me because my emotions are being tied to food, which again, yeah. I feel like we don't talk a ton about in the church, but I think that's a reality. So I think there are just things in life that are just wise for us to abstain from and to not do. And that would be different, I think, than Lent. The Well, maybe yeah. let me ask you this specific question. When you've thought about that with social media, like, okay, mm-hmm. this isn't just a... 40 days and I'm good going back to it and I can celebrate that, but I need a longer one. What was it that prompted you to say, this is a big enough deal in my heart that I need to actually give it up for longer? Well, I honestly think that I genuinely felt prompted and provoked by the spirit. Even my the first time I gave it up for six months, like two years ago, that was the longest, that was way longer than any time. I'd done like a month here, maybe two months there. Um, but genuinely felt this prompting in my spirit to, or prompting from the spirit to give it up for six months. And along with that were then the ways I wanted to justify back not doing that, which then I think showed my heart towards social media then and not that I don't wrestle with these things now but it was like um gosh this feels like so long ago um it was like you'll be irrelevant um you won't know what's going on in other people's lives they won't know what's going on in yours um probably the irrelevant piece was the biggest one that the Lord had to show me like yeah and you're relevant to me And this is just like getting to a deeper sin that I didn't know of maybe approval and being quote unquote relevant to, to who, to all these, to people or, you know, and 
So I think that was probably a big one on top of just being mastered by it. I think he showed me, hey, you've been on this for at that point, like a decade since, you know, sophomore, junior in high school, whenever it came out. And you actually are addicted to it. And so I feel like that first one was by God's kindness to reveal some deeper sins of approval that I didn't know I had or could easily justify like, no, I'm, I don't really care. You know, I don't care if I'm relevant, quote unquote. So that first one felt prompted by that. And then the second one, the 10 month one, I feel like God was just like, your character simply can't handle it. Mm. Like, it, and I think I'm still there. Like it's genuinely, I think it's just like a mixture of character and um, what was the other word? It was another C word. I I can't think of it right now. Um, but I felt like, yeah, I felt like, again, he was just like, hey, yeah, you just can't handle this right now. Mm. You're longing for approval. You end up striving. You end up like thinking and it's not assuming the best of your friends or of people and ultimately missing out on time with him and and just felt like he wasn't calling me to that space on top of all of that. Like that was probably the end, the end thing. Like he's like, I'm I'm not calling you to this space right now. And so, yeah, even just realizing, oh, my gosh, yeah, my character can't handle it. And I think I'm I'm in another spot now um, giving up social media for Lent. So, you know, just let everyone know there we go. if you see me on there, feel free <laughs> to just rebuke me with some, <laughs> with some grace and love. But um, no, but you said rebuke didn't sound like grace and <laughs> yeah, love. You're right. You're that right. Was harsh. Uh, but no, I feel like God's continually, even a couple weeks ago, I, I think it was maybe mid January now, I was just like, oh, God, I'm feeling apathetic and just like, Ugh. even towards you. Like, I'm just like, meh, like what's going on? I feel like I spend time with you in the morning. Like I go to the things, you know, like, and just felt like he was graciously, graciously like, you haven't denied yourself of much lately. If you want the coffee, you get it. If you want to go to Target, you go. If you want to watch the episode, you watch two of them. So yeah, I'm abiding in him in the morning. What about the next 13 hours of my day? You know, filling it with worldly things and just going along with Western culture and just joining right in, ultimately being put to sleep by the satanic lullaby. I heard someone say that in a podcast years ago, and I can't ever get that out of my head. Just the satanic lullaby that is the comforts of this world. So he was like, that's why you're apathetic and feeling all these things and just felt just felt encouraged by him to to go to to fast something. And then once I was fasting, me and my husband ended up fasting TV. And once I was in that fast, I'd been feeling the nudge to get off of social media from him for a while. But it's so easy to justify and pretend that the spirit actually isn't prompting you yeah. to get off of something when like he's so much better than that thing. But my flesh is just like, no, I even I've had strict boundaries around it. I only was on it uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Wednesdays pretty much wasn't on it. You know, I could go through my list of justifications. I don't even scroll that much. I don't like look at people's stories a ton, blah, 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 blah. You know, like I could justify myself into the ground rather than ultimately just like trusting if he's prompting me to get off of it, whether I think I'm quote unquote fine on it or not, trusting that he's so much better. And like, I don't want to miss out on what he has for me. And even the last two like long breaks from it. Gosh, I I've felt the most intimate with him that I'd ever felt during those breaks. 
And that's not by coincidence. I, I'm removing a very large distraction. And not to say that other people can't be on it and that I can't be on it again or can't be on it healthily maybe someday, but right now I can't be. So that's what I do know for me and him leading me in that. So Okay, so what I think is so beautiful about fasting, and particularly in Lent, because that is the main topic here, when we (laughs) fast, it's easy to see, okay, social media is a problem, just to use the example you just gave. Mm -hmm. So social media is a problem. I need to fast from it. Okay, that's fairly easy to see. And honestly, people listening to this probably have something in their mind that's pretty clear, because you just know, you know certain things in my life. Like even as we're talking, there's things in my life they just come up because yeah. you kind of know they're an issue. Mm-hmm. But when we fast from it, it's not just that we are removing this thing. But what you said that I think is so helpful is when you remove it, you begin to see why you love it so much and why your heart desires it so much. So you said the first time the the issue is relevance, right? Mm-hmm. So when you fasted from it, it revealed that it's not just you have an addiction to grabbing your phone and scrolling. That might be somewhat true. But the reason you do is because your heart is longing for some sort of relevance. Mm-hmm. And when you get there, that is a much deeper like thing, you know, for you mm-hmm. to say, oh, my heart is longing for relevance, which is going to then be tied to this reality that you are living out of that might be social media. It's probably other things in your life that that's coming out because there's a longing in your heart mm-hmm. to feel relevant, to feel connected to feel validated in some way. And when you fast from something, you actually allow the Lord to get into that space. And Mm -hmm. it's not just he's mad at you because you're on social media. It's that your heart is chasing relevance in something that is never going to satisfy it. And the Lord is actually inviting you to come and meet him in that space. And why it's so beautiful in Lent is because the capstone to Lent is you get to find out what is the idol in my heart? Where is it either I'm just stuck in some sin or even where's the pain point that the Lord actually wants to have me repent of or to heal? And it all ends in this like magnificent weekend when you get to look at the cross on Friday. So let's say it's this actual sin, this idol that's in your heart, and you get to see not only that that's real, but you get to see how Jesus meets that Mm -hmm. in the cross and his death and how he actually dies for that sin. Uh, or maybe it's a sense of you want relevance because at some point in your life you felt like people didn't notice you, people weren't close to you, something like that. And you get to see how far Christ would go to be near to you, that he would actually die on the cross to bring you back to himself, and that there is no greater act of love or validation, or he thinks you're so worth it that yeah. he would do that. So he meets you there. And then on Sunday, you get to celebrate Easter Sunday where he rose again, which shows that the power that any of that shame or guilt mm-hmm. or whatever has on you is completely broken and it's completely yeah. done away with because he didn't just die for you, but then he actually took that to the depths of hell and he rose again outside of that and he has taken you now with him. And yeah. so I just think the, the beauty of fasting always is that you find those things out and the beauty of fasting in Lent specifically yeah. is that it's so intentional to get you to that place so that the rest of the story can happen and you can see what Christ has done for you in his death and resurrection. And then Easter weekend becomes so much more powerful because every year it can be great. If you don't think about Lent at all, I mean, again, it's not like you're sinning, but I do think you're missing out on the depth of the beauty of Good Friday and Easter. Yeah, that's super helpful. Oh, 
I love that. Okay, so what is the danger then of giving up something for Lent just to give something up? So say, yeah, I've been I've done Lent because my family does Lent or I've always done it or my community does Lent. What's the danger of doing that but not focusing our eyes on Christ or not replacing those things with Christ? Well, before I answer the danger, this is going to be counterintuitive to what you just asked, but I do think in some ways it's good to practice it even if your heart isn't quite there. Now, I'd put yeah. the caveat around that. You should do it with some sort of community or church that can help you in that and help get your heart there. But I would say any spiritual practice, celebrating Lent included, it's good and it's allowing yourself the space for God to meet you there. So it, we could yeah. say the same thing about you know reading our Bible. So you mentioned reading your Bible every morning. Somebody could say, well, my heart isn't really there, and is there a danger to doing it if I don't really want to? I'm just checking it off the box. Well, yeah, there is a danger to that. And if you say, so I'm not going to read my Bible, you actually are removing yourself from the space where God does want to meet you. So yeah. same thing. If in Lent, we want to focus on fasting and prayer, we want to like focus on Christ, there is danger to doing it just ritualistically. Mm-hmm. But if your immediate answer is, well, then I'm just not going to do it, then you're actually removing yourself from the space to what we just talked about, find the beauty of the gospel in that. So my first thing is don't be quick to just cast it aside if you're doing it, maybe Mm -hmm. for the wrong reason right away. Now, to your actual question, though, I do think there are some dangers. Um, You aren't going to probably experience the beauty of it if you're primarily fasting because you've wanted to get a little bit healthier anyway, and so you Mm -hmm. quit eating chocolate or sugars. Like, Again, just just doing it because you wanted to get healthier or just doing it because, I don't know, if you want to start like, you know, some people, a big part of Lent is also generosity and giving. And if you, you know, need to give some dollars away anyway for tax purposes each year, and so you're just going to do it this season rather than later on, you're probably not going to experience the depth of the gospel through that. So I do think there is danger to it, just like any other spiritual discipline, becoming just this ritual thing that you do either for yourself or just to kind of get it over with. Again, I I think you're just going to miss out on the beauty of it. So one of the things that I think you could do to help is to try to find a community of people, uh, whether that's a church or maybe you're in a small group or something right now, try to find a community of people. Honestly, maybe go through that book I said earlier, The Good of Giving Up. It's a great little resource. You could go through it as a small group or something or with a couple friends or maybe just Mm -hmm. your family, but go through it and try to help each other in that. And also, it's okay if it takes a couple times before you start to find the fruit of it. Uh, Oftentimes with any spiritual discipline, you have to do it a little bit before you actually see the benefit. Mm -hmm. And again, that doesn't mean that it's not working. It means that it's something that you're not used to, and it might take you a little bit to start finding the beauty in it. Uh, But I would encourage to get started in it while knowing a couple of those dangers are there. Is there anything else you'd say like on the danger that you've either experienced or that you could see Mm -hmm. people struggling with? I mean, just to echo what you pretty much said, you you miss Christ. Like you miss the the one, the thing that actually is going to satisfy your soul and fulfill you and bring you peace and joy and then some, way more than that thing that you're removing. And I think also I've found there's been different times. I can think of a particular time that me and a few friends read this book and did this fast together and I'll never forget I can't I think I was fasting 
probably social media or something along those lines. And we like reconvened at the end of the week or something. And I think I was like, my email has never been more checked in its life. You know, like I, I, since I didn't replace it with Christ, I ended up replacing it with my email that I don't even care about. Like, I don't even, it's not cleaned up. My email is never checked, but it was, you know? And so I think it's helpful for me. And if you're listening to, to make sure that you're not just replacing one thing with actually another thing, that's not Christ. Cause I think we tend to do that and don't even notice it. Like I didn't notice it the first four or five days. And then it was like, whoa, even my text messages. Wow. My, my time on my texting went up when I'm an infamous, terrible texter, you know, and I'm not texting. And so, yeah, I think that that's probably just something that I need to be weary of and just an encouragement of when you're longing, when your mind goes to think of, oh gosh, I wish I had the cup of coffee right now and you're giving it, giving it up. When you're reminded of the coffee, then let that remind you of Christ that satisfies rather than just reminding you to just think, oh gosh, I don't have coffee. Well, let me try a juice today or let me try a tea. Let that actually lead you to think, oh yeah, I'm giving this up for my mind to be drawn back to Jesus who lived and died and rose from the grave and let that lead you to taking a moment to to pray and ask him for help. I think in fasting, fasting is meant to draw our dependence back on the Lord again and again and again, realizing, you know, if we're fasting food, reminding ourselves, no, I can live on the bread of life. I can, I can be satisfied by Christ alone. And so when you do think of that thing, because we will throughout the 40 days, oh, I miss it. Oh, I miss the Netflix show. Let it draw your eyes back to Jesus. And just like a tangible tip, like have a verse on your screensaver on your phone. And when you when you think of that, just go and read that verse yeah. again, like fill your mind again with God's word and himself. And I'm reminding my I'm or reminding myself that for this Lent, that I would replace it with God willing Christ and not just another thing to waste my time yeah. on, essentially. Yeah, this wasn't a specific fasting, but I remember a few years ago, I was slowly getting off of social media stuff, specifically on my phone, and kind of what you said about the emails. I I got off of it, and I started looking at the ESPN app, like literally <laughs> all day. I was reading yeah. literally every article about like men's college track and field. Like literally, <laughs> I'm reading every article I can find because you're just used to spending all that time. Yeah. So it transfers. And it took a while, yeah. but honestly, it did over time, that began to lessen. Mm. I began to be aware of what you're saying of like, okay, I'm just replacing it. And so I do think for people, yeah, don't be surprised if your mind thinks about the thing you're giving up a lot, yeah. or if you do start to notice, okay, I'm not doing this, but now you know, I'm not drinking coffee anymore, but I'm drinking like 10 teas every day because yeah. I'm just like trying to get something else. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be aware of that, mm-hmm. and it's okay that that's happening right away because yeah. your body is going through that. Like it's just looking for something. Mm -hmm. But I think the beauty is being aware of it. And then slowly, like you're saying, get some things in your life, like whether it's a screensaver or something that slowly works on that. And honestly, for me, it probably took, I don't know, a year of looking at a bunch of stuff on ESPN Mm -hmm. and it was slowly dwindling. And after that, it was probably a healthy amount of time on that. And it had kind of removed and I was used to now just not looking at my phone quite as much yeah. and doing other things. And so I think the awareness piece is huge because it is going to happen. Yeah. You're not going to fast something, whether it's yeah. food or social media or going and doing whatever. 
you're not going to fast from it and day one not think about it anymore. You will think about it all the time. Yeah. That's okay. Just be aware of maybe what you're going to otherwise or start putting things in practice in your life to when you think about that, pray instead or go read a verse like you said or something like that and let time kind of win out. Like it's just going to take some time and that's okay. That doesn't mean you're a bad person or a bad Christian or anything. It just means you're used to one thing and you're having to kind of deconstruct that and kind of reconstruct what it looks like to have a healthy view of Christ and longing for him. Mm-hmm. That's super helpful. And like you encouraged us earlier, doing this in community or inviting friends into doing this so that you are able to have conversations with them. Hey, how did it go this week? Did you find yourself filling yourself with other yeah. things? It's helpful to have people to talk about it with, to encourage each other, and even to be like, maybe I wouldn't have noticed that I was checking my email until my friend said, I checked my texts a lot. And I was like, oh, okay, you know what? I actually checked my email a ton. I just didn't know that that's what was going on, you know? Okay, I have one question for you. Uh, Another, I think we mentioned this earlier on, but another piece of Lent historically has been an increased focus on prayer as well. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything that, you know, if you got 40 days of Lent, any kind of easy practices to help people not just fast from something, but also maybe focus a little bit more, be a little bit more intentional in their prayer life or certain prayer times through the season of Lent? Hmm, That's a good question. I think for me in the morning when I'm spending time with God, I, uh, my rhythm probably for the last like year or so has been, and I think a friend told me this, Um, Well, a friend encouraged me to read five Psalms a day to then read through them all in a month. And then I can't remember, I think I heard on a podcast or somewhere, anything I know I didn't make up. Someone told me. It's true of all of us. And uh, so I, I, I heard this from someone else to start your day with praying the Psalms because I, I, before that was starting my time, like just going straight to prayer. Cause I knew if I didn't, I'd put prayer on the back burner personally. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to start my time with God in prayer and just praising him and, and talking to him. Uh, but then I switched it into praying through the Psalms that I was reading so that I was feeding my mind with his word and like aligning my heart with what yeah. he's saying. And then going into my own time of prayer after like reading through praying those five Psalms that I was reading. I feel like that was, that's been super helpful. Um, and then I think, I think in the last few years, just coming to the realization by God's grace that we just get to always be chatting with him. And even just, ha- I have a few different alarms on my phone. I actually was going to send you and Bailey a screenshot two days ago of, I still had 402 on my phone to mm. pray for the building, a building for our church. And yeah. God's answered that prayer yeah. now. And that's been, that alarm's been on there for three, I don't even know, three, two a years, long three time, years, like yeah. a long time. But I think that's another helpful thing that a lot of people do, setting little alarms in my phone throughout the day. And I think you talked about this the mm-hmm. first time I had you on the podcast, um, And I remember that being really helpful to me. Like you were like, we need to be feeding our mind with God's word and praying throughout the day and alarms are helpful. So I think that was you. And I can't remember, what did you call it? Like, it was like, um, it's an actual practice. Do you remember? Yeah. I mean, I still do. I don't remember what I called it, but I do. I just have, I don't know, maybe five or six different alarms on my phone because what you just said, you get so busy and you start thinking about other things. I don't know many people 
I mean, maybe a few older saints that have been doing it for years who can just remember or constantly are praying. Yeah. And I need help in that. And yeah. so I set a bunch of alarms on my phone because throughout my day, I usually have my phone or computer or something on for work mm-hmm. and it goes off and it tells me at this point to pray for this thing. And so I think that stuff is super helpful. Yeah. One other thing I've also been doing recently with prayer, uh, I was realizing I was just in a weird season of not really knowing what to pray for. I feel like that kind of mm-hmm. comes and goes. There's certain seasons where... Yeah. All of life is kind of all over the place. And so I can just pray for, there's literally everything. And sometimes yeah. it's hard to know what to pray for. And so I wasn't really praying that much because you almost get kind of like paralyzed. Like I don't yeah. really know what to pray for. So I'll say a couple sentences and I don't really think about mm-hmm. it. I kind of move on. But I started writing out prayers. Mm. And what I noticed, I was encouraged to do that for actually a totally different reason. But what I noticed was it took me a while because it takes a little longer to write it out than just kind of in your mind say it. And when I slowed down enough to just start writing things out, it just started to like flood out. Mm. Like all of a sudden I'd be writing and I actually slowed my mind down to the pace of my hand writing that it just kind of like centered me and it just, it just helped a lot. So even maybe if that's a 40 day practice for somebody Mm. just every day, just start writing a prayer and just see if nothing else, like you said, with like remembering prayers, it's helpful to see I prayed this and God answered this, which is beautiful. And for me, another benefit was it slowed my heart and mind down enough to actually begin praying more. And the depth yeah. of prayers, I feel like just hmm. came, I don't know, just yeah. in, in deeper ways because of the slow pace at which I was going. Because yeah. oftentimes, yeah, you can just go so quick and yeah. life is just fast and you're always moving to the yeah. next thing. And so when you actually have to slow down and write something, I feel like yeah. it it helps my heart get into that place. Hmm. That's really helpful. One other thing that I thought of was on my drive to drop Zan off at preschool on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I think, I mean, it's been over a year. We started once we'd hit the exchange where we're then on Dodge, Dodge with yeah. M, going over that bridge, we just always started praying. Zan would pray and then I would pray. And I've found that now when we're on that bridge, even if we're not on our way to preschool, like like now yeah. I have a connection of yeah. that bridge to like we pray. And so it's sweet that the repetition of that going to preschool and we're on that exchange lots of times, even yeah. when we're not going to preschool. So it's been sweet that there's now that connection and that habit in my brain that we pray in the car when we're on that bridge, which is. That's awesome. It's sweet. helpful to make those connections yeah. somehow. Yeah. And it can help bring those things to mind. Yeah. Okay. Last question. How do you personally decide what to give up for Lent? I have my answer too, if you want for me to answer first. You can. You okay. Um, in true me fashion. Um, <laughs> I'm intrigued. You are, gonna you're going to love this. Yeah. Okay. Um, in true me fashion, I say, what's the least thing I want to give up? And that's it. That's what I need to give up. Like, And that's what I tell other people. What's the last thing you want to give up? And what are the things you're creating excuses for in your head? Again, this is my black and whiteness, a little bit savageness, a lot of bit savageness. Um, what is the last thing I want to give up? That's probably the thing that would be most helpful for me to give up. Okay, I agree with that. But to show the differences in our personality <laughs> a little bit, I was thinking initially, maybe if you haven't done it yet, start small, do something kind <laughs> of easy. Uh, no, I do think that's true, though. Ultimately, the thing that is probably what we talked about before, yeah, 
that is attached to some sort of idol, yeah. heart worship, pain point, something, that thing that you don't want to give up is probably going to reveal that most. And yeah. so that probably is best. Can I say for somebody who is unwilling to do that and is just saying, hey, I've never done Lent before. Yeah. I've never practiced this. There's no way, because I'm sure as you're saying that something popped into their mind that they're thinking about right away. Yeah. If they're unwilling to do that, just start with something. And I do think challenge yourself a little bit. I mean, something that you rarely ever do that you don't really care about or that you've thought about, I want to get rid of that anyway. Yeah. Not going to be that helpful to see the benefit of it. So the the more you challenge yourself with, the more benefit and beauty I think you'll get out mm. of it. That's encouraging. And That's so again, the, yeah, if you'd go all the way to say the absolute last thing, mm-hmm. if you let yourself, I think you'll find something in there during Lent that the Lord can actually heal. And I think be a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. If you cannot conceive of doing that yet, pick something that feels challenging and then just see what kind of comes out of that. And I think no matter what you pick, if you stay faithful to it, I think the Lord will meet you there and you'll mm-hmm. find some sort of richness in this season that maybe you've lacked before. Yeah. And that's why he's my pastor. Um, but also if you're on, if you truly are like, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know what I should give up. Ask God, ask him right now, pray right now and ask him to bring something to mind and reveal something that you're holding tightly onto. And we believe and know that he is going to meet you in that and show you Um, any final exhortations as we enter into Lent season for the peoples. If you've never fasted from food, I think you should try it. Mm. That's a final because there's nothing that our body desires more and needs more than food uh, because you could probably... Even, I mean, you need water. You could probably go yeah. a day without water and kind of be okay. You you will not make it four to six hours without feeling the effects yeah. of not eating if you've never fasted before. And I know that not everyone can or should, yeah. but if you're able to consider it uh, or some sort of food, maybe that you eat a lot, even if it's not a full actual like fast from all food, yeah. try food because your body so deeply needs and desires it and is used to it. And part of what fasting does apart from all the other stuff we've said and the benefits, one of the reasons we fast is to remind our souls that you're, you mm-hmm. actually need God more than you need that food. And yeah. so you skip one meal a day and you're feeling it and your stomach's grumbling and your mood is changing. Yeah, That's actually what your soul is doing without the Lord. And <laughs> so it's a, just a really helpful reminder. So I think food is great. Again, if you haven't ever fasted before, that might be too much right away, but consider fasting from food. Yeah. I love that. Okay, I'm excited for Lent. I'm excited to see what God is going to do. I'm praying that you were encouraged by today's episode, and I'm praying that you would join in on Lent and fasting and ultimately fixing our eyes on Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. So thanks for being here, Ara. That was a blast. Absolutely. Thanks, Maddie. I am praying that this conversation was helpful and encouraging to you as we step into Lent this upcoming Wednesday. I know that it got me and my heart excited for Lent, ultimately excited to fix my eyes on Jesus and his birth, life, death, and ultimately his resurrection. Friends, if you were encouraged at all by this episode, would you be willing to share it with your friends and family? Would you be willing to leave a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcast? I would greatly appreciate it. As always, I would love to connect. You can reach me at maddie at sunnyand65.com. That's M-A-D-I at sunnyand65.com. Our current book of the month for February for Sunny and 65 Book Club is Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. So get that book and jump in with us in reading that. Friends, go be bold and love big, and we will see you next time.